What did you eat for breakfast? Uh, I had oats and blueberries and uh, some almond milk. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 91. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and a range of other services. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn how they can help you get your merch business to the next level. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes, strategies, and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to. I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. This episode, I chat to Tyler Ketchum, frontman and namesake of the band Tyler and the Train Robbers. Tyler tells us how he got into music, how he approaches songwriting, and how he is pivoting to make a living while being unable to tour. We also learn about the family members in his band, how he met his wife, and find out about Tyler's connection to real-life train robber Black Jack Ketchum. Hey! My suggested artist this week is The Lights Out, but we heard from all the way back in episode 7. I first got acquainted with these guys opening up for the Jelly Jam at the Regent Theatre in Boston in 2016. That was a killer show. To put that in perspective, these guys blew me away and left a lasting impression opening up for a prog supergroup who themselves played an incredible show. Check out their videos on YouTube to get a sense of what the band's shows are like, but as soon as they get back to playing, they are definitely a band that needs to be experienced in person. If you like what you hear, go check out Episode 7 with singer Rish. Show them some love on social media, and let them know you heard about them here. There are many different ways Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am talking to Tyler Ketchum, who uh, is the frontman of Tyler and the Train Robbers, and uh, they're an artist that we work with at Skinny Armadillo. So welcome, and thank you so much for uh, taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's good to be here. 
No problem. Yeah, really appreciate it. So uh, to give everyone, you know, up to speed, uh, could you tell us about the band and, you know, what you do? Yeah, so um, we're out of um, Boise, Idaho, and um, I, uh, I've i had this band together with my, my brothers forever. We started playing together as kids, and, um, and then uh, after I graduated high school, I uh, stuck around the Pendleton area, uh, Pendleton, Oregon, is where I'm where I was living at the time. I'm from a little town of Helix, Oregon. Um, and anyways, after so after I graduated, I worked there for a few years and um, did a lot of weekend gigs and played with my two brothers, Jason and Tommy. Um, and then I uh, moved over to Idaho and um, kind of started getting another band started because they were still in school and <clears throat> unable to you know be on the road and stuff. And um, so I got this band together um and then um eventually uh my brother jason moved over um and started playing bass and kind of picked up where where we left off and um and then just this past uh i guess two years we've had uh, our youngest brother tommy um on drums and um Mm -hmm. and backup vocals so we're kind of finally um all three brothers um playing together again and um my guitar player is um also related to us as well. He's my my father-in-law uh, just last year, um, um, my wife's dad. So um, so we're all related. So it's kind of a, a fun That's great. How, thing. So how did you, so did, um, quick question is how, how, you know, did the father-in-law come first or did the wife come first and then brought the <laughs> father-in-law into the band? <laughs> uh, well, well, when I moved to Idaho, I was looking for uh, bandmates and um, yeah. I met Johnny, Johnny's, uh, Johnny Shoes, um, and he uh, he started playing. Uh, we started playing music together, and I was trying to form a band, get new, new, uh, trying to find new people to play with. And um, he was great, and uh, he stuck around, and 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 had he was always open for gigs. You know, all you know, I could book, I could book as many gigs as possible, and he'd uh, and he'd be there to play them. So that was that was number one, and uh, and and two, he was just a great guitar player, and um, and then. I'd been playing with him, you know, maybe a couple months, and then uh, he introduced me to his daughter. She came out to a show, and um, Jennifer and we met and became friends, and uh, eventually started playing some music together as well. She's a singer, and um, and then you know, uh, on from there, we we got married last year um, in September. Yeah, congratulations! So. Thanks, man. That's awesome. So, is she uh, the the female singer on the latest album? Yeah, there's a song I heard had so that's her so yeah yeah she was on both great. of our um, our first album and our second album um i've mm-hmm. we've got a duet on both of them and she sang and then also did some backup singing for some, for some of the other songs as well awesome yeah yeah i mean you know you're probably one of the fa- my favorite artists that we uh, we work with just in terms of you know your your visuals and obviously you hard working and Thanks, that really appeals to me and i'm not so obviously I'm unashamed metalhead. So hey, I, lo- I love it, man. Is not, country music's not really my forte, but I'm start with over, over the years. I mean, obviously as a musician, you 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 can appreciate anything that's good in a genre, no matter what it yeah. is. Um, and I gotta say, I mean, I I listened to the whole of uh, the the most recent album mm-hmm. all the way through last night, and it's it's killer. I mean, oh, thanks, man. The musicianship and the just the the sound of it. But what I really love is is the the storytelling, 
and you know the visuals that it conjures up especially and we can talk about you know your family history and where that plays into the songs but yeah um yeah i just i just love seeing these uh these new designs pop up at the shop cool. and you got like you know mom's old fender is is a really cool shirt oh that one turned out great I, yeah. I heard that yeah i heard that song today you know and i i love the whole theme of the song where it's your uncle's guitar and then it was your mom's guitar yeah. and now now you're playing it and that's it's a really cool story that i think a lot of genres kind of miss that storytelling and that connection to imagery and and you know, really getting a connection to the band. Yeah. Um, I mean, where does that stuff come from? Is that something that you you got from being influenced by people or? Um, yeah. Well, first of all, thanks, man. I appreciate that um, no a lot. And I also, I kind of want to come up with a shirt that says, uh, I, that, it's one of my favorite lines when someone comes up to us. I hate country music, but I love you guys. But, you know, I fucking hate yeah. country music, but I love you guys. And that's my favorite because my uh, my cousin, when I was younger, he was uh, one of the guys that kind of taught us a few chords here and there. Um, he always told us to listen to every every single type of music, mm. and he listened to a lot of uh, of punk. And uh, I was huge into Nirvana when I was like in junior high, and. Um, and just like dabbled in, in everything I possibly could, you know, and, um, but country always kind of like the old school country. My grandparents had a lot of vinyl records. And so that was really available, um, to me. Um, I grew up in a little tiny town, like 200 people and there wasn't much to do. Um, it was like a small farm town. And, um, so it was either, you know, play sports, which I did, um, in school. And then, and then I played music and, um, when I wasn't doing that type of stuff. And then that was kind of always just the thing that I had that other people really didn't have. I had a few buddies that played. And um, and so I started um, just listening to all types of music. But for some reason, country, um, a lot, my, my family was big on country, country music, old, um, like some of the, the old mainstream country like Johnny Cash and and, uh, and the mm-hmm. Waylon and Willie and that type of stuff. So I was really big on that. And then um, I saw a band in high school um, in probably 2008 or nine, and um, and it was Mickey and the Motor Cars, and they were coming through town. And uh, they're they're from Idaho, but they were you know they were coming from Austin. They had already moved to Austin mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, I saw them, and that was kind of the first band that um, kind of drew me to the Texas scene. Um, and so after, you know, them, they were playing, I think they might've played like a Robert O'Keefe song that night. And I was like, who's that? And then Todd Snyder and, and all this other like huge, um, this huge group of people I wasn't listening to, um, and a lot of great songwriting and stuff like that. So I was really drawn to that. And then eventually started finding older stuff like Guy Clark and John Prine and stuff like that, which are huge in the storytelling, um, Mm -hmm. um, world. So that's, that's what I started going towards and then lately it's it's gone into a lot of like uh me and my brothers are listening to like a lot of 60s rock and uh stuff that johnny grew up listening to our guitar player so that's what's also cool mm-hmm. is he's got some age uh, on us and and has a lot of um good music that he grew up with and has been throwing our way right so that's that's i'm sure that's a gold mine yeah it's great it's it's so good because it, it brings all these old influences in that maybe a lot of people my age aren't listening to or other musicians and um so it's a nice tool to have those influences sure what was the first what what was the first um time you kind of like picked up the guitar and 
thought, well, this is something I really want to do. Was it kind of like osmosis where it was always around? And- yeah, so my mom, my mom played guitar, and a lot of the family gatherings, um, she would get out and play a few songs, um, and she wrote some of her own music, but it was... It was um, a lot of like Dolly Parton covers, also stuff like that, um, or Emmy Lou Harris, um, and so she always played. And so I started getting interested in playing pr- pretty early. I was probably eight or nine, and there was this old electric guitar with rusty strings on it that my mom had bought, like at, at a yard sale or something. And I, I just started plucking with that. I don't even think it had all the strings, and I just started trying mm-hmm. to <laughs> tune it and try to learn songs that I wanted to learn mainly just guitar songs like like I guess like Metallica and and stuff and and Nirvana like more like riffs you know um so I was trying to play a lot of that type of stuff and then um they started noticing that I was interested in it and and got me guitar when I was 12 acoustic guitar which I wanted an electric guitar but they made me get an acoustic first and uh which I'm glad they Mm -hmm. did it was a good step and uh, and now I continue to play acoustic lot you know live when I play um, it, it works nice for me still today but um, yeah they bought me a guitar and um, and I started uh, picking away and eventually started singing and playing and, and and picking up chords from my mom and my cousins and then my brother started playing and so it turned into a little bit of a competition on that side of it and uh, and we just. And then we started playing together and, and and formed a family band and started getting our first gigs. So Yeah. Um so let, let's talk about the family history and, and you know, the the name Tyler and the Train Robbers is from your So is from Blackjack Ketchum, yeah. is that right? Yeah, man. Um and that's a story that I've kinda of heard um since I was young. Um on my dad's side, um my grandpa would, would tell me that we were related to this train robber, Blackjack Ketchum. And I always thought that was great and cool. I never had any like names or facts or exactly how I was related, but we just, you know, that was something in our family. And um, then after I made the move to Idaho, um, I had to come up with a band name or a new new band name. And um, Tyler and the Train Robbers just was kind of cool. I was like, well, maybe I'll write a song down the road to kind of explain that. But for now it's catchy and, you know, if it fit, if it sticks, it sticks and, and it and it did, um, and and it and I didn't really get to tell the story until the second album, which is uh, uh, a song that I wrote called "Ballad of Blackjack Ketchum." And um, that that really stands out on that album. Oh, thanks, it, man. That, that's a really cool song. Yeah, I wanted to do. Some, I I really wanted to. I mean, I grew up watching a lot of old westerns with my grandpa and um, with my my other grandpa on my mom's side, and he. Uh, um, he watched a lot of those old school westerns, you know, the, even the old black and white ones, and, and so, so I kind of got that um, a lot of that um, language, I guess, uh, and how how the they talked, and and, and so I, I really wanted to put that into the song and, and try to paint those pictures that those old uh, shows were were painting, and um, and and then I and also my grandpa used to read a lot of like uh, Louis L'Amour books, uh, which was a big influence on on that song too so um and so i you know i finally figured out how to tell that story eventually but um at first it was just it was a, a catchy name to 
kind of tell some of the the story. But I've I've <laughs> I've honestly been getting emails and a couple phone call messages um, of people that are related to Blackjack, and you know asking, mm-hmm. well, how my this is my uncle, and we're related this way, and so I'm doing some homework and kind of gonna give those people a call back and see if I can't figure out uh, the exact relation. Yeah. Yeah, I've done I've done a bit of uh, um, work on my own family tree in the past, and it's fascinating going to find, you know, these details. But I did sure. interesting thing just this week or last week. I googled my name, you know, uh, I don't know, ten years ago or so, yeah. or maybe longer, yeah. and somebody who's probably not related that close, maybe, but huh? um, in the south of England, and I'd emailed him. A long time ago, just say, "Hey, we got the same yeah. name." That's really funny. I we were we were googling our names this week for some reason, and he popped up. The same guy. He was actually a customs and excise person in Dover, England, and he got uh, thirty four years in prison for for gun running. Oh man! Like, <laughs> yeah. He just messed up my SEO. <laughs> and you sent him a message too. They're probably like, oh, who's this yeah. guy looking through his emails? That was way before, but it's, yeah. it's funny. But no, I I read on your website that his your um blackjack's hanging is on April twenty sixth. Yeah, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So both mine and Justin's. Um, birthday is April twenty seventh. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> yeah, we released we uh, we released um, the album, I believe, on that day as well. Um, that's so great. That's, that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, wow. Yeah, what a coincidence. Yeah, and then so uh, as well as that, I mean, I really dig the uh, the grandpa shirt. Is it grandpa? Shirt yeah, we did. Yeah, with a with a pocket, pocket thing. Yeah, that that's. I mean that. Being able to do that kind of stuff was that based on a on a song or is yeah. that just yeah that's from a song um, off of our, our second album Storyteller and mm-hmm. uh, that's one I wrote about my grandpa when he passed away and um, and that shirt he you know he just always wore pocket shirts so he could carry his his shit around and um, so yeah you guys did a great job on that I'm I'm really excited I just got him in the mail actually yesterday and. Um, I can't wait to. We've got a, a show that we're going to get to do an outdoor show, so um, hopefully we'll get to sell some of those puppies and uh, and then put them on our online shop. But um, yeah, they turned it's, out it's great. It's super cool when, yeah, they did. I mean, it's super cool that you can connect your family and you know something so personal in your music. I mean, that's obviously what music's about. But being able to create these um, items that also go along with the songs, I think, go a really long way to connect with your audience yeah um i mean i i think the the genre of music from from my perspective uh the genre of country it it, it seems to be very um uh grassroots very in-person you know shows rather than i, I don't know how, how how much traction do you get online for this genre of music uh it's like a it's kind of in in certain areas of uh of the world i guess um what we've tried to do is um kind of look at where a lot of the uh the bands that are similar to us are doing well and where they're traveling and you know kind of the big hubs um for our kind of stuff is uh you know austin and uh and tulsa some oklahoma Mm -hmm. and um 
and places like that. Um, so we've really tried to, to go there because there's a, a bigger um, fan base for that type of music. And it, here in Idaho, it's starting to really grow, too, because a lot of the Texas bands are, are touring here and, and um, mm-hmm. the want um, is getting, you know, there's more people that are, that are going out to those type of shows here. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, of kind of uh, country music history in Idaho. Um, which was nice when I moved from Oregon, I had no idea what I was getting into. It was just a place where I had some connections and, uh, or knew some people. And, um, I turned out, you know, it turned out, um, there's, there's a lot of, um, cool country music history here and, and, um, influences that I didn't know about. And, um, so we've just kind of drifted towards, towards that. And online, so online, um, you know, those people follow us on our social media, um, but it kind of took touring there live to, to get to them and then um, word of mouth from, from the shows and, and selling CDs on the road um, and merch and stuff like that. Um, so it's getting bigger and bigger uh, since we started, you know, touring out of state. Uh, the social media numbers have been getting bigger and, and, and more streams and, and things like that. So um, it's just kind of a thing that we're, we're still we're still always building, um, but it's uh, definitely a lot better than it was a couple of years ago. So, awesome. Yeah. So, are you finding um, some tr- some like uh, hubs of of um, of popularity in you know random places overseas? Like, I know Germany is big on the blues scene. Yeah. And I want to say Germany might be one of those places that unexpectedly does well on a lot of mm-hmm. different genres. Ireland uh, seems like there's mm-hmm. some stuff uh, that like when I'm that just looking sense. at streams and stuff like that. Um, a lot of overseas stuff like when we when we released our um, our second album we, we um, got a publicist which we hadn't done in, with the first album and so we got um, a lot more reach to the overseas um, like magazines and stuff like that and radio and so um I think, I mean, if we can start uh, getting out there again, whenever that might be, um, I think we're we're gonna have a lot of luck. Maybe touring overseas, and I'm really excited about that. But we haven't we haven't done it yet. Um, with this next album, we'll kind of see um, and pay attention to where we get the spikes, and then um, kind of work on maybe trying to get over there. Totally, that that that'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, going back to social media, I mean, how have you been finding the live streaming? Has that has that gone well enough to kind of supplement the income that you've lost for touring? Uh, not really? We thought it was going to at the beginning a little bit more than it, it ended up being. Um, it's still doing pretty good. We 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 make a little bit of money um, from tips um, here and there. We've continued to do it just because it's nice to connect with every the fans and, and people that are following us. We answer questions and and just so they don't forget about us since we're not really touring right now. Um, so it's but it's been great. Um, it's kind of opened up other pathways to make money. Um, I started a Patreon page, which was. Uh, kind of another platform, um, more of a subscription type of um, platform mm-hmm. where people pay monthly. And I, I've been releasing videos and new music and stuff like that on there, which has been something I haven't really had time for being on the road all the time. Um, so that's been kind of a silver lining for uh, having more time at home. We've been kind of learning how to navigate those um, those ways of making money and, and, and the merch too, uh, working with you guys at the Skinny Armadillo and... Um, and just trying to kind of maximize those those smaller money makers um, 
until we can get back out on the road. And um, sure. so, yeah, that's what we've been trying to do. So um, pre-COVID, I mean, how, how many dates a year were you doing? Oh, 200 plus. Um, wow. And, you know, every gig we could possibly get. Um, if if we weren't on the road, at, you know, out of state, we were playing here at home. Uh, we, we had mm-hmm. um, a few residency gigs where we'd play every Wednesday at a place or... Um, we just make the rounds every every month, every couple months, um, uh, and then make it so we'd be gone for a few months. That way, people'd want to see us again at home. Um, we kind of had it down, and, and things were really building. We had all three brothers um, in the band, and um, man, it felt like we had it figured out. And then, boom! Um, now we're kind of reinventing the wheel. Uh, that was kind of a night, you know, like we knew how to go to the gig. We knew how to set up sound check, uh, get paid, get down the road to the next one and, 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 and book the next tour, whatever. Now it's, um, it's a completely different game. You know, we're all online oh, for sure. doing these videos. And then, um, I mean, it did give us some time to record the, the, the latest album, um, which was nice, and, and um, it, it kind of gave us a chunk of time to work with some people that we might not have been able to work with because um, everybody was shut down, you know. So it wasn't just us. It was right. <laughs> the, uh, the whole music yeah. business. So um, that was um, nice in that, in, in the way that I could call anybody up and they'd have some free time. But but, but then again, it was um, we, ju- we were just trying to find the good in the, in the, in the whole scheme of things. Absolutely. Um, so... You were talking about your new album. How do, how what is your writing process like? Are you are you generally coming up with a story, then lyrics, then music, or, or how does it work for you? Um, it usually starts with a, a lyric. Um, I'm always working on guitar, um, like chord progressions and stuff like that. Just it just all the time, just sitting sitting down and grabbing the guitar. But um, the songs kind of start with a line. A lot of the times with my my songs, it's the first line. Um, not always, but um, with this, with this, I guess with this album, um, a lot of the new stuff that I've written um, kind of started with the first line, um, and then it goes from there. Um, there's a lot of characters in the new album um, that I was really trying to, to paint and try to try to uh, uh, just. I was trying to uh, make people connect with these characters more on this album, I guess, um, and. Uh, the writing has changed over the years this this time around um i was really it was really a tedious project um i like to write out um i like to write out my lyrics on different types of paper um stuff Mm -hmm. like that um is kind of a nice trick to kind of stand back and look at it and see where things stick out and kind of question things uh is a nice thing to do so i did a lot of that i kind of took i was taking my time um with, with with these um, songs um, until until um, the pandemic happened, and um, I, I gave my buddy Cody Braun a, a call from Reckless Kelly because um, I figured that he wouldn't be on tour, and we had talked about um, him maybe playing on some of our stuff or producing something um, in the past. So I called him up, and um, he was free, and we started kind of putting some things together, and um, and so I sent him the songs that I had, and I think I had like uh, nine or ten songs, um, and, and still working, working on a few that weren't finished. And uh, and he was in. He, uh, he said, "Well, send me. I want. I want you to have like fifteen to twenty songs. Um, 
uh, and he was coming to town in, in three months or something like that. And so I kind of had a big chunk of stuff to write because I, I kind of like to take my time with it. It's mm-hmm. kind of a tedious thing, but I had, you know, to write another five to ten songs. Um, so I ended up ha- uh, coming to the table with, uh, I think I had 14 when we went to the studio and we had the roughest time picking what songs like he 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 said uh, he's like I'm God I'm glad you didn't write any more songs because we had them out on the ground like we can't cut that one we can't cut that so we ended up having we were gonna have ten songs on the album but we ended up recording eleven and um, and we'll save the other ones for another project um, but uh, so I guess I guess uh, to answer the question you know half of the half of the process for the writing was nice uh I, I didn't feel pressured and then uh, i busted out probably three songs kind of under pressure which was nice to have that uh, project i'd never had um something like that where i was under the gun to get um writing done you know something that i enjoy um kind of put the pressure on it like that it was nice um and i uh, got some good really good songs i don't think i maybe would have gotten out if i wouldn't been um kind of under the gun like that absolutely that's that's killer I interviewed not too long ago a guy that was doing um, a lot of work with film scoring and working with TV shows, and uh, his his whole thing is if you even if you're a songwriter, you know even if you haven't got lyrics yet and you've just got a chord progression and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you've already got stuff that you can submit to a library. Um, yeah, you know, so you get these sync licensing deals and and things like that. Is that anything that's on your radar for um, income streams? I've been taking, um, my wife does a lot of, uh, like online classes and, and, and just trying to build business type of, type of stuff. So I, I've done a few, like, uh, I'm drawing a blank on her name right now, but, um, a few months back, um, I took this class that was kind of, uh, learning how to get your music on, onto TV and, and the things that you should be doing, um, and either just going to the source and writing songs specifically for that or just trying to get the ones that you've already released onto stuff. And there's a lot of shows that have potential for the type of music that we're doing. Um, and uh, so I've definitely been looking into that and, and, and kind of signing up for the the platforms where people go to look for that stuff. Um mm-hmm taxi and there's there's a there's a lot of different ones so we're 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 in the middle of um kind of signing up for those things and and opening up the radar um Mm. for people to find our music um for tv and stuff like that um there's a lot of money to be made in that which i i i didn't know before um before we had to be shut down and i started learning you know uh, picking up more and trying to figure out other ways to bring in income with the art uh, and the songs so um, yeah, that's something that I, I, I've been really diving into lately. So yeah, that, learning. that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you look him up, uh, Craig Dodge, I'll, I'll send you the link. I'll write afterwards. It down. Yeah, uh, cool. He, he runs a course and listeners will already have heard the, the episode by now. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, he, he runs a course and, uh, I think that'd it's be, a, it's, that'd be great. It, I think it's a killer way for musicians to kind of, you know, uh, open up their, their songwriting and, you know, you, a lot of times you're you're when you're writing a song and you're trying to record it, you you basically your goal is one finished song. Yeah. You always have these ideas of oh, what if I do this this way, mm-hmm. or what if I put this effect on this, and totally. Yeah. And the 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 beauty of that 
setup in, in, in doing, um, you know, sync licensing for TVs, go ahead and do it. If you have 20 versions of a song, instrumental, vocals, whatever, yeah. you can pick the one that you want for your album, which is your art that, to release. And then the other 19 are perfect for that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. I, I'll definitely check that out. That's uh yeah, because I, I do that same thing. It's like, where where could I go with this? And, and when you're demoing mm-hmm. stuff out like that, uh, yeah, take out the vocal. What is that? What is that? What could that turn into? That's great, man. Yeah, I, I uh, it's it's crazy when you start, you know, playing music and you say you want to like play music for a living. You don't realize the business that you're getting into, man. Like, um, but it's been great. I've been adjusting. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of an adju- adjustment. I can't we can't do what we're used to doing and either we don't do anything and, <laughs> and you know, that's the end of that, I guess, or, or you relearn and, and be open-minded and, and figure out how to make it through. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely. I want, I want that contact um, or that I'll, I'll check that out. That'd be great. What does being successful in music mean to you? What What's making it for you? Uh, man, I, uh, that's changed for me over the years, but um, I guess right now is uh, to continue to grow the audience and be, you know, uh, well known. I don't. I'm not looking to be, you know, uh, I, I'm looking to be whatever uh, real I get. I'm going to keep doing the music that I do, and hopefully, if somebody appreciates it, or if the times change, it seems like our type of music's kind of coming back around, or, or it has been for a while. Um, making you know its way to radio a little bit every once in a while you'll hear a song that's like oh that's not complete shit um (laughs) (laughs) uh but i guess for for our goal is uh, just to be able to keep playing and keep releasing albums and um, being able to bring enough income into uh you know better you know keep making better albums and, and and you know living bigger too you know i mean um be comfortable uh, and and have the money to work on projects that I that I want to. That's really all. And, and hopefully they, I ha- we have enough fans to uh, to keep going with that and uh, connect with people and um, yeah, just to keep on building on what what we've already been doing is really the goal. And um, just continue and uh, and make it bigger. Excellent. Um, what was I going to say next? I had it. Oh, don't get old. You get brain farts. <laughs> the hell was I gonna say? I was about to say something and I lost it. Ah, that's okay, man. That's the beauty of editing these. I, I don't I have it. to worry about screwing up. I could just ah, cut. Yeah, I'm good. Um, that's what that's what's been nice about um, having this time off too. I've gotten to uh, kind of gotten into like uh, well the podcast stuff um, and you know trying to figure out my own. Um, thing on on that in that avenue but also um like movie editing and, and doing music videos and stuff like that has been mm. something i've always wanted to do and didn't really have the time to learn and um so that's been great and, and, and it seems like the future's like video so <laughs> uh that's kind of where we're jumping towards as well and and in this winter we'll just be you know making as much um uh, make putting out as many videos as possible and and, and um just not uh not disappear because we can't be on the road just keep putting stuff out sure have you have you delved into tiktok yet 
<laughs> my wife has a TikTok, and I'll I'll sit there looking over her shoulder for two hours. Watch. I got to get my own. I have. Wait, I haven't yet, but it's uh, it, it seems addicting and it's pretty funny. Some really I great stuff on there. I've I've tried to download it twice, and I'm like, oh, I I just don't get it. I guess I'm too old. Yeah, it's it's strange, man, for sure. Um, there's some funny stuff. Um, but I don't, I don't see myself having one and, and making videos on there yet. I mean, it's it that that is one reason it's interesting to me is some of the video editing that people do. That's kind of fun to see, um, which interests me. But not, we probably won't have one. <laughs> we don't have. A, I think we have a Twitter, but I've never been on it. Um, right. But that, but that's a part of right now is me actually learning that that stuff um, and trying to uh, make it work. Um, even though sometimes I don't want to. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to keep going because, you know, tomorrow the, the, you know, Instagram or, or Facebook might disappear. And yeah, that's the what, problem. Look is... at what happened with, um, uh, MySpace. Yeah. You have to be careful, man. Yeah. I, uh, well, that's what's so frustrating too, is like Facebook, it, it has the control. Like we have the most following on, I think our Facebook is our biggest following. And, um, so like a lot of the stuff that I've been doing lately is trying to like get those people to go over and follow us on YouTube and go follow us on um, the Patreon and all that type of stuff. Um, but if Facebook shuts off, our whole fan base goes away. So it's like I'm trying to like get those people to go over there and, and do all the lives and then keep mentioning all the things on Facebook. Yeah. But but they also, you know, I the algorithm is hard to deal with because it, it seems like it changes all the time. And um Absolutely. Only certain people are seeing seeing it, so you got to learn the tricks to to get out to your people, even though they've liked your page. Doesn't mean they're seeing it, you know. So mm -hmm. it's fr it's a frustrating um, balance, and then to live your you know normal life and have not not go crazy trying to figure out how to be online all the time, and it's sure. a struggle, man. But um, you know that's what we got to do until we can get back to some some kind of normal. Yeah, speaking of normal, have you ever um, messed around with uh, uh, house tours or house shows? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we did a couple outdoor ones this summer, like patio shows. Mm. Um, and then, you know, in the past, we've done house concerts, um, which are usually not really good, um, you know, weekday shows, um, you know, gas money shows. And we've had a lot of fun doing that type of stuff. And, um, we did. I did a few um, Zoom versions of that type of thing too, being in people's house. Um, uh, so there was some potential there, but then it kind of died off after people had enough of seeing people play music on the computer every single mm -hmm. day. You know, then it kind of fades. So it's like kind of trying to keep it uh, keep it new and fresh all the time. Um, but yeah, we we uh, we like doing the house concerts. That's always a lot of fun. Hopefully, we can get back to to doing those more. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think I think that type of uh, you know closer, close knit kind of show does a little better, especially when you're telling stories. And yeah, do you, do you tend to tell stories behind the songs in between songs? Yeah, especially at those type of shows when you it's more intimate and there's less people, um, and and you kind of have everybody's attention at that point because they're there mm -hmm. for that. And um, you know, there's so many different type of shows that we do, like a lot of honky tonk bar shows where everybody's loud and some people are dancing and that's what they're there for. 
which is fine. Uh, some people you'll catch some people watching and paying attention, which is great. And then there's shows where you'll sell tickets and people are there to see you. Or maybe you're opening up for a bigger band. Um, so you know, it just depends on the show. Um, like we're doing, we're going to do a show next month, um, which is kind of a, a um, not very many people will be there. It's a sit down, um, kind of a dinner show. And I'll tell a lot of stories for that. Um, I'll usually tell a story for each song sometimes for that type of setting. But if we're just in the bar and it's loud, we kind of just rock through the songs and maybe I'll say a few words in between. Um, but it's mainly, uh, more of a rock show. Cool. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, so I, I do a little bit with, uh, what I call the non-quickfire question round. All right. Um, so the first one is, what significant negative experience have you overcome and what did that teach you? Oh, man. Um, well, um, just playing live in front of people. Um, when I was really young, it was kind of hard for me. And then it's gotten easier over the years. And then it turned into, you know, you're you're trying to uh, get really good at this craft and, and be really good at it. And I had, like, my father-in-law, Johnny, you know, uh, as kind of a, a mentor on, you know, playing the guitar and stuff like that. So I kind of found myself getting into my head for a few years, like, during the performances and really worrying about if I was doing things right or just really overthinking it. And that kind of evolved into, you know not having fun during the show sometimes if if but it was all kind of internal in in my own arguing with myself um but i've learned to you know overcome that um and just talking to people after shows you know it's sometimes overwhelming um i think it is for a lot of people that um it's not that i don't like being in big groups of people but um i'd rather have a one-on-one conversation and um i don't know I've, i've gotten better at that um just not being being in my head and that's just I just kind of growing up and and uh, and doing it a lot um, you know being on the road and meeting a lot of different kinds of people um, but those are some of the things and even since the quarantine just uh, not being out and kind of realizing um, what you have because um, we would play you know every single night almost and then not playing at all it was like kind of like we didn't have that musical release that we got every night. And so it was kind of depressing and uh, kind of unfamiliar. You don't really know what you're going through. We've never done that before. And, and until you finally realize, Oh, it's not, I'm not getting to play and feel that energy every night. It's kind of like a, you know, it's some sort of release and a reaction with the crowd and stuff like that. Um, so just realizing what we had, you know, in this whole thing. And when we go back to it, we can appreciate it more. Because we've done a few outdoor shows, like I said. Um, and those shows felt really good and um, really in the moment. And we were interacting with each other in a different way because we'd had that break. We weren't wore out and um, tired of each other, you know, like bands <laughs> get over time, oh, yeah. you know. Not that we were, it was ba- the- bad. Yeah. But, you know, you, you weren't shoved in a van like sardines for weeks at a time and we've been at home and and it feels good to see each other again so yeah for sure and, and it's my you know it's my family so it's you know I've, I've seen them but we just haven't got to play music like that and, um so anyways we'll come back to this whole thing with more appreciation and, and and recharged batteries which will be can't wait but awesome so what major positive experience has given you the encouragement to follow this journey 
Oh man, all of them. I mean, so I got a little carried away with the last question. Hopefully I answered it the right way. That was kind of a both. Um, The positive, man, um, it's some of the same things. Getting to talk to all these different people um, that uh, maybe I wouldn't have, uh, have met, all these crazy characters that sometimes turn into people I use in songs or, or just a glimpse of, of that person can spark, um, an idea for something. And, um, and so that's been a really great thing getting to play some of the festivals that I've, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you go to these festivals and wish you could play on that stage someday. And I've gotten to do that a couple times and, 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 and sometimes it takes a long time. So when it finally happens, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, and when it works out the right way and, and, and I've got to experience a few of those things and, and that's always just, uh, it just makes you reassess. It's like, what, what's the goal now? And, um, as long as we can keep doing that, that's what I've kind of missed out on these past six months is like, uh, no, you know, there's nothing to strive for, um, in comparison to what I was, you know, I was always wanting to play those gigs that that guy was doing, but you know, every, no one's playing gigs. So, uh, it's kind of just readjusting. Um, but the, those are the good things uh, as kind of, uh, following a certain goal and, and, and finally getting there and, and, and getting that done and getting to check it off your list. And we've been able to do that a few times. So I'd That's like to continue. <laughs> awesome. Uh, final question is what does music mean to you? Oh man, it's everything to me. Um, like I said earlier, it was always kind of the thing that um, I had that maybe other people didn't have. I wasn't always good at all the things. I wasn't great in school. I, I, I couldn't pay attention, and <laughs> but I could always learn uh, my music, and I always had that, um, whether I was with a group of my friends or, or all by myself. And um, it always felt like um, no matter where I went, I could always have a guitar and sit down and, and make a couple bucks on the side of the street somewhere. Um, at least I'd have a tool to, to be able to get by somehow. And that always felt great. That always felt like, um, people always say you should have some sort of uh, safety net. Well, that felt like my safety net. And then that's kind of what I went after. I, um, so that's, I mean, music is kind of everything and, and that's how I met my wife and that's how I met my, my father-in-law. I mean, my brothers, that's what we do for a living. And, this past six months we've just been like uh figuring out how to how to play music in a different way like that's just what we do and that's kind of our interests or my my main interests um and so it's i've had to try to find new hobbies (laughs) so music is it basically just everything man um it's a it's a it's a way to when i'm writing it's just a way to get your thoughts out there and um and you know i'm not like a guy that talks a lot of politics i don't like to argue with people i don't like to have that conflict but i i do like to write it in my songs because i get to think about what i'm going to say and that's i like doing things that way um then i know what i'm trying to get across to people and i can really analyze that and, and then if i'm asked about it then i'll already have thought of it um yeah um, i like actually, to do that i'd actually written down uh on the way home, I was listening to what keeps you up and I thought, wow, mm-hmm. that's, that's such a cool, um, kind of, it's like an introspective, you know, deep, um, and, you know, analysis of yourself, but it's like mm-hmm. 
promoting, you know, looking at your, your life and saying, Hey, are you doing the right thing? Yeah. Um, and that, that really spoke to me. I thought that that's so Thanks, cool man. to be able to tell people, you know, you're welcome, you know, to, to kind of influence people in, in a positive way to say, Hey, look at your life. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, I've got a couple of songs like that on the new, on the new record too. Um, some of those ones I had to bust out, you know, really quick before we went into the studio. That's all that was going on in our life, you know, all the news and all the stuff. So a lot of that um, went into a couple of those songs that are on the album. And they're really just a way of, I mean, you can do it two ways. You can piss people off and and um, and say my way or the highway, you know, F you, um, which is not me. I don't like to do that, but I see a lot of people that I know doing that. Um, you know, shoving it in people's faces. I like to analyze it and, and have maybe pe- make people think a little bit differently than they are. Even if they are on the right side of things, um, you can always understand the other side of things a little better. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't like to cut my fan base in half. I like just to make them think about <laughs> uh, where they stand and, and hopefully change change their minds a little bit if I can. Um and I'm just trying to figure it out myself. I mean, yikes. The songs are just my interpretation of what's going on, and hopefully people can connect with that. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, so where can people find about out about the band and get in touch with you? Um, well, we've got a website, tylerinthetrainrobbers.com, uh, our social media platforms, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, Patreon, um, is a new journey for us, but uh, there's all kinds of really great stuff on there, um, and we'll be um, getting ready to. Um, we're kind of in the middle of figuring out how to release this new album and, and when it's going to drop because of the. We want to tour on it when it drops, so we'll be putting out um, all the information on that um, through our social media stuff, and um, yeah, that's that's where you can find us, and we'll be putting out as much stuff as possible until we can get back. To, people live awesome yeah um so what at the end of the the show i like to play a song from whoever i'm i'm interviewing uh what yeah. song would you like to play uh are you just gonna play the uh, i'm not gonna play it or, or am i gonna play it acoustic or is it just uh just if, a you MP3? Wanna, if I, I can do either if you'd like to play a live version of something now whatever you usually do man the cd is fine um i can i'll send you those waves um okay um Let's say, um, I guess, um, let's probably say Blackjack is kind of the title track. Okay. I don't know why I had so much trouble figuring that out. Um, probably that one, man. Or, or you know, you listen to that album, whatever was your favorite on there. I don't, I don't mind. I think that really stands <laughs> out to me. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good intro to the band and, um, you know, it gives the story of the name of the, of the band. So I think that's a really good track to go with. Love it, man. Yeah, I'm so I'm so into our, what we've been working on. Um, we've got all this new music, but it's just not out yet. So, um, right. but that's a great. I love I love that project. That album was, uh, you know, it's the best thing we've got out so far, and until we get this new one out. So, um, I appreciate. I'm glad you liked it, man. Um, sure, no, that it, means a lot. Great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, really appreciate you taking the time. It was a great conversation. And, oh uh, yeah, man. You know, hope to see you soon you know back down here and yeah we can uh you know maybe jam if you got yeah some time. yeah that'd be great man be cool yeah um well cool um 
yeah until until next time man thanks for having me this was great thanks as always for listening i really hope you enjoyed this episode i'd really be grateful if you could support the podcast by leaving a review on itunes checking out the store or just telling your friends about the show keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other this is tyler and the train robbers with the ballad of black jack ketchum
place my hat over top my gun and I wave some strangers in. I had them where I wanted, but despite the shape that I was in, they threatened just to leave me there, so I turned myself in. I said my name, it is George Stevens, and this is my first attempt at sin. I'm sure they heard the train coming as they hauled me to Folsom Town, or I was wanted for armed robbery and killing, but at last I had been found. They said that I had killed some men, told them I did it for the dough. Tell you the truth, I didn't need the money, killed them for darker pleasures, I suppose. And they took me to the dock in Trinidad, the dock said he wouldn't do no harm. After the dock's work was done, they took me to Santa Fe without my arm. From Santa Fe to Clayton, down to Clayton, New Mexico, that's where they told me I would hang to my death. Lord have mercy on my soul. You can be in hell by breakfast or go to heaven at supper time. You can never make enough money to turn back time. They seemed happy to inform me that my brother had passed back a month or so. But even without my older brother Sam, I didn't completely feel alone. But surely my men would come for me and I made sure to make that known. But it only made them hang me faster. There was a statement to be shown. Gallows, the niche noose around my neck, thinking of words to leave behind before they applaud my plummet to death. Well, oh, my daddy always said you're only as good as who you're hanging with. I was hanged like the best of the worst kind.